Hello everyone, welcome to the Perspectives on the Short Story podcast from FSU Panama City. I'm Michael Getz, joined here by my wonderful co-host. Would you do me the honor of introducing yourself? Hi, I'm Tiffany Griffin. I'm a senior and the communications major here at FSU PC. Uh, my free time is filled with video games, anime, and way too much reading. <laughs> nice. It's nice to have you here, Tiffany. Uh, I'm also a senior in the computer science program. Uh, I also love video games and anime as well. I think a lot of nerdy students such as ourselves <laughs> probably agree. Um, what actually is your uh, favorite anime um, or video game? Oh, wow, that's, that's a hard one. Um, yeah. I guess... If I had to pick one that I could just watch over and over again, it would be Oron High School Host Club. Really? It's just really funny. That, it is very funny. I need to finish it still, but it, I really enjoyed the few episodes. Highly recommend. Yes. There's supposed to be a season two coming out soon. <laughs> wow. So you better hurry up. No, I mean, that's... How old is it? Like a couple of years? Or... Uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't even tell you. It's... it's... Um probably about at least four or five years old yeah do you, do you have a favorite video game you can choose um well currently i'm working on playing through a video game that came out uh during the pandemic so like in 2020 um it's uh it's called fantasy star 2 oh. um it's by sega so it uh is it yeah. uh, is this an mmo it is an MMO. Okay, so this is actually a game that I also played during the pandemic. Yes, Fantasy Star Online. My friends, yes. Yes. Yeah. Lot, lots of fun. Lots of yes. cool customization is, for sure. It is like an obsessive amount of character customization. Yes, it is. That's that's what gets you. That's what yep. gets you. And it's not it's not even trying to get like the powerful weapons. It's just trying to get the cool stuff to put on your character. <laughs> I spent during the like introduction phase a good three and a half hours just customizing my character <laughs> and then once I started playing I realized I didn't like how it looked with the animations <laughs> and then I went back and did it all over yeah. again yeah I get that totally um I guess to answer my own question that I pitched myself um my favorite anime for sure is it's always going to be Mob Psycho 100. Absolutely. I just love Reagan and Mob and their dynamic. Um, even if Reagan is kind of a scumbag, he's our scumbag. Uh, and then for video games, um, I'm going to go with the original Dark Souls. It goes with, it has a like special place in my heart. Uh, it's got that very cryptic story that you got to dig for. Uh, it's got some really cool like symbolism and... Um, is it it's super janky would i recommend people play it now i go play dark souls 3 if you really want to play a dark souls game <laughs> like there's some stuff that hasn't aged very well uh but i think it was just so impactful on me as a a child just growing up and seeing that at the store and it was just unlike anything i'd ever played before um it really challenged me and made me like like want to you know complete something more than uh, other games which often felt like i was just like if i played it i would just like beat it and it would just be like an experience where i'm like okay you know i had fun and like now i'm gonna move on like, dark souls is like oh no i'm i'm sitting down and i'm gonna like learn this boss no matter how many times i die and like that... it's always the janky ones that really get you it is there's oh my gosh there's that, that game is it's unfinished but it's beautiful 
I think it's Final Fantasy VII. The the remake is so much different than the original. The yes. original is so janky. Oh yeah, but still one, considered one of the best video games of all time. I mean, it's. I would argue good. for it too. Yes, I yeah, I I need to play it myself, but I'm not even going to disagree with you. I've I've heard all the hype and I believe it. Um, but yeah, anyway, so. <clears throat> To get to the actual subject of this podcast, today's subject matter will be the writer interview. So uh, Tiff and I will be asking each other 10 questions about our writing processes and influences, and we'll have some fun just exploring those differences. So let's go ahead and get started with question one, uh, and I'll ask it to you first. Um, What kinds of books or stories do you like to read and uh, why? Um, so I really like reading romance novels, uh, like romantic comedies. Um, and I, I kind of came to that because when I was in my early teenage years, I had a, my, my grandmother taught me that like, uh, what you, like stories can teach you, like not just the purpose of life, but how to get through life. Mm-hmm. And so I was having a lot of like romantic troubles at that uh, time, like, yeah. early teenage romantic problems. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but I I I would, had challenged myself to read every single young adult fiction novel in the entire library. Oh my god! And I I actually successfully did that. Wow. And, yeah, congratulations! Um, That's very impressive. And I I just kept being drawn back to reread the romantic comedies, yeah. and so. That's kind of just my genre of choice now. It's okay. Anything in the genre. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that many people that, uh, you know, really are into, like, rom-coms. I know there's kind of the stigma of, like, middle-aged uh, wives that go to, like, the, you know, the supermarket. There's, like, the the books, the romance novels of, like, the, the steamy, like, six-pack guy with, like, the woman's yep. arms, like, grabbing him from behind. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, not actually... quite those, but more like the the young adult ones. Yeah, I yeah. So one of them might be a vampire or something. God, not that bad. <laughs> okay, like... yes. you're on the right track there. Yeah, so since you're so judgmental like a... of what I read, what do you read? <laughs> Sorry, I had to focus a little bit. I have a copy of um a parody. Well, I don't know if I even call it. It's it's. It's called Bad Boy's Guide to the Galaxy. It's obviously a reference to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, my favorite book of all time. Uh, it was given to me by a friend as a joke, um, and it is very steamy from the few pages I flipped through. So, um, but yeah, what kind of... What recommended? Oh, what did you say? Was this the one Renee recommended? No, th- no, this was not. This was... <laughs> this is... I got this book a long while ago. Now, the one Renee recommended was a, a web novel, and that, that one is actually... It has its moments. Um, it's <laughs> it's got a lot of adult material, though, for sure. Um, but yeah, I think um, I've I've kind of read a lot of different novels um, just in the past. Like I haven't really fixated on a specific genre, but if I had to pick like my favorite, um, I I really like comedy. Um, <laughs> that's you know I say Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is my favorite novel because it's so influential on like how I want to be as a writer I want to you know capture those moments where I can like when I see someone like reading a book and like giggling to themselves that's like that's Mm -hmm. the kind of experience that I want to spread like that's I want to be able to capture those like 
silly moments that you can only write in a book, you know, oh, that only that kind of irony that you can set up as an author. Um, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed reading like uh, Pride and Prejudice because like irony in that book is obviously that's a hallmark of Jane Austen. Um, and I just love the pettiness of like people. Mm-hmm. I, I really like books where the people are just like, they're not like heroic or like abjectly evil, but they're just kind of like mean sometimes or they're just kind of ridiculous to each other like i i really like that kind of interaction mm-hmm. to see in books um yeah i, I would say yeah, comedies in general um for sure and some sometimes kind of like satirical almost styles of uh yeah. I, books that use irony a lot i think that's what i would say yeah okay so you, you kind of touched on it a little bit like but so what are some of your favorite books like if you had to pick two favorite books <laughs> so, what are they and why i suppose i did kind of jump the uh jump the gun there but yeah um obviously uh, to reiterate hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy of course for the aforementioned reasons i mean it just made me laugh so much and it got me through mm-hmm. a really tough time in my life you know i just had gone through a breakup and uh yeah. i was kind of down in the dumps and that book never failed to make me smile and laugh um and it just it made me you know just take myself less seriously yeah and it made me appreciate just like those funny interactions you have with people that you don't think much of but you look back on you're like okay yeah that was that was pretty funny like even though i'll probably forget it and like it's fleeting it's like it's just nice to have you're just like those little like silly moments with other people i mean i can i can remember just like so many things from the book that i just loved like um the main character having to put a fish in his ear to like hear what the aliens are like saying to understand them um, yeah Earth being blown up just to be used for like a intergalactic highway and like they're just like earth is just this primitive backwater that no one cares about like i i just i love that um lampooning style as well like so much um and as for other favorite books i uh, recently had read uh, tentative wildfell hall um by and uh let me look this up real quick to make sure i'm not getting the wrong bronte sister because i do this all the time <laughs> um and bronte okay good i didn't want to get uh get it confused with charlotte bronte who wrote jane eyre which is a book that i would say is one of my least favorites um because uh, i found it to be very boring but uh, i i love that book because again it's like kind of the same thing with pride and prejudice it's just captures like regular people so well because they're just they can be awful to each other but they can also like go so far for another like you you can see when people go so far for another person that they care about um to the extent where they just look like a complete fool but like it's it's also kind of like you know heartwarming because it's it's nice to see that um i just i like that i like capturing you know that that those very (laughs) human elements a lot yeah so what are what are some of your favorite books um, so one of mine is back from my big library library splurge <laughs> camp English today. Um, and it's called The Art of Being Normal. It uh it was really my first like dip into uh what I will refer to as the alphabet mafia. Um yeah. it um was really my first um interaction with anything from the the lgbtqia plus community yeah um and so uh at the time that i read it i was going through a bunch of like gender identity issues like 
sexuality. I was trying to figure out like who I was. It was very eye-opening to realize that I wasn't alone in that sense. Um, so it was very, it's just comforting. And like, I, it's one of those books that I've read once, but it pops back up into my brain frequently. And I haven't been able to find an actual physical copy of it since I read it the first time. Uh, so yeah, it just holds a special place in my heart. And then, um, another one of my favorite books would, uh, probably have to be one of the more recent ones I've read, which is A Touch of Darkness. It's a, uh, let's go with spicy retelling of uh, Persephone and Hades. So uh, it's really beautifully written. I, it was my first, like, I normally read books that are in first person. It was one of the few that I've read that are in third person. So it just kind of stood out. Mm -hmm. And, um, it really has an influence on my writing style. So it's one of my favorites. Yeah, that reminded me. Um, I really like uh, books that take those kinds of old stories and put a new spin mm-hmm. on it. Um, yes. And I'd recently read through uh, Circe um, by Madeline Miller as well as uh, Song of Achilles. And I, I recommend those as a, just kind of like books that are, you know, retelling like classical myths in like kind mm-hmm. of a modern way. Um, yes. I just I love that concept so much, and I really enjoyed those books. So yeah, there needs to be more of them. Yes, there does. There, there's so much rich like story to tell and be retold in that. And I, I noticed a lot of them really like started getting published very quickly after *Lore Olympus* came out. <laughs> yes. So it is definitely it is definitely like a movement that is happening in, liter- in literature yeah. for sure. Um, and probably also thank R- uh, Rick Riordan for that as well. I'm sure he's yeah. been very influential. Um, but yeah, so moving on to our next question, we have: uh, What are two of your favorite movies? Oh, that's a good one. Okay, um, I you're gonna probably get mad at me, but I <laughs> say X Men Apocalypse. Okay, sure. Um, just because I really love the X Men series, and it's. Dark Phoenix, that doesn't exist. <laughs> I think most the people... was the last X-Men movie as far as I'm concerned. Most people um, think Dark Phoenix is the worst of those uh, those newer X-Men movies. Yeah. We don't speak about her. Yes. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, um, I would have to say uh, the second move, favorite movie for me would have to be a tie between If I Stay and Nerve. Mm-hmm. Um, so If I Stay is a very emotional movie for me. Um, yeah. I it uh, I found it when I was in a very dark time. So uh, I, it really resonated with me um, after I had kind of gotten over uh, my big depression phase that i went through and um yeah so it was really the last little bit of that and it kind of just sticks with me as a as that movie just kind of following me (laughs) just sort of hey i don't know how better to word that yeah and then um nerve is just kind of my comfort movie if i 
need a movie to watch with a new friend and know like what kind of friend they're gonna be to me i will sit them down and make them watch nerve <laughs> if they call it a chick flick they're wrong it is an action movie and they can deal with it <laughs> i mean it's listed as a thriller slash action on uh, google yeah. when i look it up so i believe it <laughs> It's definitely got those uh, those cool neon kind of like blue and uh, hot pink accents for sure. Yeah. So, uh, what would your two favorite movies be and why? So, this is a hard question for me to answer because I actually don't normally think about it too much. Um, but I think I have an answer. So, I guess for maybe a more recent movie... For like my favorite movies, I'd say the Batman that just came out by director. Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Uh, that was that was a good movie. Um, that the cinematography was incredible. Um, the way that he colors the shots, like it's still dark, but there's there's like red lights, there's blue lights. It's like kind of dizzying, but it's also beautiful. Um, the fight scenes are well choreographed, and you can see what's happening. You can feel like the aggression. And the impact um, of every like fist and every bullet. Cool. Um, and I love that it it actually lets Batman be a detective, um, and he actually gets to solve like a, a mystery, like a you know a string of murders with like Jim Gordon by his side. And it just it felt right out of the pages of a comic book. Actually, actually inspired me to go read Batman Year One, which I could immediately tell was like very influential on the like movie itself. Um, and just like a last thing just the performances were amazing i mean i didn't know how i was going to feel about robert pattinson playing a emo batman but it kind of works it it just works um and it makes sense because he's i mean he's kind of just a shut in he's like a he's a bit of a weirdo and he's dresses up as a bad (laughs) it it (laughs) makes sense for him batman yeah and Paul Dano's Riddler is actually terrifying. He gives off the serial killer vibes. I mean, they modeled him after the Zodiac Killer, and he he nails it. Um, cool. He is very, like, scary. And um, I, I really did feel, like, thrilled watching it in theaters. I was completely amazed um, by that movie. So definitely that one um and then i'm excited to watch that again now because like i went through like my very hype phase to watch it and i'm kind of just like <laughs> out of it now i'm just back hyped i want to see it awesome yeah i mean i'm probably gonna rewatch it soon too so um I, and then another one i would say my favorite uh say spirited away if i had to pick okay. like, my favorite studio ghibli film it's like a tie between then my neighbor totoro um i expected nothing less from you (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i just i love um like japanese folklore and spirits was something that i've kind of started to try and uh, explore a little bit more i picked up like a book from books million like a few months ago that is literally just a compilation of short stories on like japanese like folk tales and ghost stories and um it's just really interesting to like see how another culture depicts like these tales that just get passed around and like you know told just like by bedside at night or just among friends and spirited away kind of like visualizes that and brings it to life and what i love so much about it is that like the spirits 
not only do they have like that heavy symbolism because of like the different uh, animals they use or like the different designs but just like the fact that the designs are so diverse and they're not just like ghastly ghouly like white spirits they're like you know they take the form of like animals you obviously have um Kaunashi, uh the uh white mask spirit mm-hmm. that is very like iconic with the like translucent yeah. black body that's sort of chilling but also like it's comforting at the same time yeah uh, and I, I really like that too just the, the idea that spirits don't just have to be like scary they can just be they're just these entities that live in a different world than us and i i really like that um exploration of like the afterlife as just this like more like wondrous version of like our like you know physical plane i I just thought that was really cool um and it's just the animation obviously is breathtaking i mean it's just such a beautiful movie so i it's a class (laughs) yes yeah those are those are two of my favorites so um i'll move on to our next question uh what is your writing process like Oh goodness, it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Short, short and simple. It's a mess. <sighs> yeah. Um, I normally start with like an idea that comes from maybe mm-hmm. something that I've seen. So my most recent book um, that I've been working on um, got the concept from a dream I had, and really? um, yeah. <laughs> And so I kind of just used music and built an idea and I I based it off like some literature, some anime, some music. And apparently I just completely ripped off Shark Boy and Lava Girl with <laughs> yes, without even realizing it. That so, happens to me all the time. You realize that you're just writing an idea that you've seen somewhere but I've forgotten mm-hmm. about it. Yes. Yep. I, I literally was sitting in the bathtub taking a bubble bath and I went, hmm, my book really reminds me of something. And I like Googled it hundreds of times trying to find something similar and I never could. Mm-hmm. And then it just hit me one day. And so it's it's just a mess. Like I, I get in the zone, I start writing, I write from chapter one all the way to the end. I don't skip around. It messes me up if I skip around. And and then I look at it and I go, what is this garbage? And then I redo it all. So that's basically my writing process. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of existential crises strung together by words. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, hey, whatever whatever gets the words to the paper, it's different for everybody. And <laughs> so what does you yours need, You like? need that to push you, I guess. Yes. Um, yeah, so for me, uh, I kind of wrote my last novel sort of disjointed um very fragmented i would write like i pick one scene to write write that scene and continue like maybe for a couple pages um and then i would just pick some other scene at another point in the story and then i would like try to fit all the puzzle pieces back together and that was obviously very messy and that is not how i'm trying to do my new novel um that's just kind of how i did it in the first place and i'd have a really rough outline like i wouldn't even bother trying to like write all the scenes together like beforehand i just started writing Mm -hmm. whatever i thought in my head um 
because I, I mean i just get really spontaneous ideas like i would have just a funny experience in real life and i would just write about it and i'll just try yeah. to change it to be like in my story and um mm -hmm. yeah I'm, I'm trying to remember specifically i had one sample i can potentially bring up um well okay i guess i can only think of this one example that's kind of dominating my head space but it's uh go for it i was at shaking knees music festival with my sister and her friend and uh they had had some uh, drinks and mainly my sister was kind of like a bit more suggestive to things and mm -hmm. uh, there was this penny cab if you don't know what a penny cab is it's like a kind of a like just a bike jerry-rigged with like a carriage in the back okay it's like definitely does not pass any sort of regulations probably illegal i don't know it look it was really weird there's like christmas lights on it um the woman uh that was riding us uh she uh she said that she hadn't been here that long so she asked for like one of our like phones to use as a gps oh my god this is so funny that like the the idea that like a, a taxi cab like service doesn't know the area well enough um, I just thought that was so funny, and I had to write mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And, and, like, when we got on the ride, it was so, like, it was scary and thrilling because it's, like, it's kind of rickety, and you can tell, like, it's not really that sturdy, like, the construction of the seats and, like, the, you know, the bumps in the road. Like, we were like, oh, God forbid we ride over a pothole. Um, <laughs> and, and then we got to one point where we're, like, about to go downhill, and another pedicab comes up next to us that has no people in it, just, like, the rider, and the guy's like, hey, like, you guys, like, want to race? And, like, she turns back to us, like, hey, you guys, like, are you okay with this racing? I th she was, like, Eastern European, I believe. That's what her <laughs> accent sounded like. Um, and uh, my sister, like, just says, like, yeah, why not? And, like, she just took the one in, like, response as a yes. Oh um, and then when the light hit green we were just racing down the hill and then we like feel something come off the bike and oh like i remember gripping both of my sister and my fr her friend's um legs like so tight for dear life and then it <laughs> swerves to the right um and she's able to like land us into a parking lot and we we don't like fling out of the bike or anything but like for a few seconds i really thought we were just gonna get launched and i was going to have like a broken jaw or something and i was Almost so launched yes <laughs> and um that was just such a thrilling experience and i i like got home like to the airbnb like hours after then i just wrote what happened just in the moment because i was just like this is just too good i have to write this um yeah that's that's definitely my writing process now though is i'm trying to be more methodical i'm i'm like outlining exactly what kind of characters i want to write about and their like experiences um kind of going off of you know i always put a little bit of myself into my characters and that's still what i'm doing but i'm I'm trying to branch oh. out a little bit and i'm doing a lot of like historical research too so like cool. to give you a little preview like um i've been researching like chinese opera actually a little bit um interesting and you had like this thing called a, and let me go ahead and forgive my pronunciations if they're wrong but uh nandan uh where men were cast as women and um they were even like thought to be like uh, reaching the 
like masculine or feminine like quote-unquote ideal because um they were like i guess actors um and i i wanted to have a character that kind of fit into that role um just because i just thought it'd be very interesting to have Mm -hmm. you know this um i i'm using the term because in the story they they're like this the term of cross-dresser uh for it because that's that's kind of what i'm going for it's like a, it's just a person who identifies as a man that just happens to like wearing dresses um and that's kind mm-hmm. of like where i wanted to start with um for my character okay. and just kind of going off of that and then i combined that with like uh, i told you about like spirited away and like the japanese folklore and like spirits and like i want to incorporate that into that story with this main character and just cool. have a really like eccentric and out there story Cool. So yeah. I did. So I take it moving on to our next question. (laughs) You are more of a pantser than a plotter, but you're trying to be a plotter. I am. Yes. Yes. So, I'll. uh, I guess I'll go ahead and kind of just answer this quickly first, so you can have some more time for the floor. Uh, Yes. I. At heart, I am a pantser, but I am (laughs) trying to my best to be a little more like a plotter, so I don't write my story in fragments and try to fit them together like puzzle pieces that clearly do not fit into one another and I'm just like forcing it Um, because that's what kind of ended up happening and now I'm having to do a lot more revisions and edits which is fine that's a learning process but um, I think at heart I cannot get away from like the spontaneous just writing in my head whatever is (laughs) on my mind because that is when I'm at my best Mm -hmm. yeah so uh, what about you? Oh, I I hate it, but I am a pantser. Um, <laughs> yeah. I will plot out the entire story, every little scene, and then I will throw it all out the door. Mm-hmm. So, trying to be more of a plotter, um, I've actually stayed to my outline pretty much identically for this most recent novel I'm working on. So I'm very proud of myself. Uh, so yeah. All right. Sorry, I'm just getting a bite of mango. <laughs> mango. Mhm. Have you seen the shirt that uh, this like a play off of uh, Bohemian Rhapsody that says, "I see a little silhouette of a man on my shirt, on my shirt, and he's holding a mango." <laughs> no, I've not seen that. It is great, and I really want the shirt too, mm. so that I can just walk in. If you, I walk in one day and you see the shirt, just like nod, acknowledging it. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Got our next question. We're halfway through. Congratulations. Woo All right. <laughs> so, uh, what to you uh, are the most important elements of good writing? Oh, it has to be one a good plot like i'm not going to read it if the plot's terrible um but i have to have a lovable main character if i do not love my main character that i am reading about i'm i'm not i'm not even gonna bother like if i'm not gonna read past the first page Mm -hmm. like i can deal with i've read translated books and sometimes translated books like you barely readable but the main character is so lovable that i just push through it and deal with it yes <laughs> so. 
I, I know good main character. One hundred percent. Having an unlikable main character is the quickest way for me to just stop reading a book. Um, yeah, for sure. And kind of building off of that, I think, well, one of my most important elements of good writing for me is like having good relationships, like between yeah. characters and in the sense that like it's entertaining and enjoyable to read like to see yeah. you know pe- maybe just like polar opposite characters just stuck together they have to work yeah. together and then you get to see like the banter and like the way that they kind of set aside their differences to figure problems out um or maybe not how they just ruin everything together i don't know like it's i love seeing those interactions on the page um, and just imagining those conversations i think that's really important to me and then obviously i just agree that yeah having a likable main character is just it's so important i would even say it even comes before the plot honestly i because i i'm really that big and it kind of goes in with our next question but like i think i think that's just like you you gotta nail like the main character first yeah for sure um yeah so and then to transition to our next question uh, what comes first for you the plot or characters oh yeah I hate to say it, but the plot, I, okay. I, I can make a character fit any situation. Most of the time, I'm, I'll have my plot all thought out, and I'll be like, what character would fit the least into this situation? Mm-hmm. And I mold this character to fit the least into this situation. So, I, my main character, like, I want that drama. So, like, I'm not going to put um, a video game nerd <laughs> in a video game like yeah. i'm sorry sort of online kirito but it would have been so much more entertaining seeing it from austin's point of view a girl who comes from a very rich family doesn't play video games being stuck in the video game right much more entertaining so that's plot than characters for me so okay. how about you well as you could probably already tell i'm that i'm just character first that is always just so important to me is just making memorable and uh, lovable characters um i mean that was like my my first novel's draft is literally just named after my like one of the most important characters in the book elm who's just like supposed to be a weird eccentric art collector alien that's like super arrogant (laughs) and tells everybody that he's like beautiful even though he wears a paper bag over his head and then his excuse is just that if he showed his face it would like cause people to go blind like that's i just want weird characters i want weird but like interesting characters that readers can just picture having conversation with um and that they could like answer themselves like what would this character think about this thing that just happened in the news or like you can imagine what the response would be to like getting the wrong order at a restaurant yes Um, i that to me is like so important i obviously plot is also i mean you know you can't have one without the other but like to me it's like i want to see the characters drive the plot i want to see the characters react to the plot and then the plot is just there as a mechanism for me for the characters to really shine a lot of the times um so that that's what i would say uh kind of a side question so do you think that a book can be good even if the the plot is more of like the focus and the characters are just kind of there along for the ride yeah absolutely i mean it might not be my favorite book but i mean 
I, as an example, and I haven't read the book, I've only re- watched the movie, so um, Dune is okay. one where I would say, like, I definitely felt like the plot and, like, the grandiose sort of, like, it's like this war between the Harkonnens and uh, the, um, I'm forgetting the name of the, you know, the Atreides, like, uh-huh. you know, it's like this, this huge, like, space opera, like, war over the spice on a planet, and it's, you're just kind of enjoying the epicness of this and, like, the score in the movie and, like, the set pieces, uh, the big sandworms, the, like, crazy technology that's defies mm-hmm. even sci-fi like standards um was very influential um I, yeah i think a story can absolutely be like plot first um and still be strong uh, so long as that plot is like obviously like very interesting um mm-hmm. yeah i just i would just say personally it just means that like it might not be as you know i, I might not take as much of a liking to it like immediately i guess but yeah valid um so moving on what was an early experience where you learned that language had power early experience where i learned that language had power that is an interesting question it's (laughs) definitely not a line i'm throwing out there to try and dig through my mind for a response no, totally not. <laughs> I would never, ever suspect you of doing that. The experience okay. where I learned that language had power. Um, okay, I'll go with kind of a corny response. So when I was in elementary school, um, I was kind of getting into essay writing, uh, and there was a Mother's Day contest where we could everyone was like could write like a, a Mother's Day letter essay thing mm-hmm. about why their mother was so awesome, and. Um, and it was like the first time I'd actually taken time to reflect on the people in my life, like on paper and express mm-hmm. those thoughts openly with other people rather than just thinking like, oh, my mom's cool, like in my head, like I got to actually write about how much of another person meant to me. And that really opened up my emotions a lot more than I think just speaking like with a friend would have um because i think i am much better at communicating eloquently on paper than i am in person and i i was really just able to express like how much my mom meant to me and uh it ended up winning an award and she got a she got a mom (laughs) necklace which was really cool she still has it so um she probably has that like paper framed somewhere (laughs) well it's it is uh in one of those um binders it's not not a binder but it's like the the plastic like covers you can put paper into um it's it's one of those things yeah we we still have it in the house yeah um just just like that like really inspired me like to be able to express myself on paper and to open up my own emotions and i try to use it in my own writing now so yeah definitely Um, say mine is probably my earliest memory, and it's a it's a it's a pretty grim one. Okay. Um, but my my great grandfather who who raised me, um, when he passed away, uh, 
the one memory that I have that like consistently resurfaces like without me thinking about it um is that I threw a book at him oh and I distinctly remember never doing it mm -hmm. but he he thought that I did yeah and he said that I did and, and that that's where the the power of words and the power of opinions and different perspectives really hit me because I don't remember the actual altercation that happened. I just distinctly remember that I did not throw it at him. Yeah. I've made it through it on the ground or something. And he thought I was trying to throw it at him, but it, it really is like very deep experience for me and it definitely still lingers. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we have two more questions left. We're almost there. We're uh, running at about 40 minutes. So this is, I mean, this is like a normal podcast length episode. Uh, yep. It definitely works. Enjoy this, Dr. S. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Thank you, Dr. S. Um, <laughs> so as a writer, uh, what would you choose to be your mascot your avatar or your like spirit animal oh goodness um so on normal days i would probably choose a, like a basic wolf to be my spirit animal okay. i know basic um but <laughs> writing wise i'm gonna go with a walrus okay yeah um because uh, or a sea lion, sorry, oh, sea lion. Okay. I couldn't think of the proper name. Um, specifically, a California sea lion, because they are extremely loud. <laughs> and so, yeah. once you get to them and you see them, they're loud. You can't miss them, and you don't want to mess with them, or else it's going to be a problem. Yeah. that's what my writing is like. Okay, I definitely. I mean, from what I've read, yes, I, I do pick up on that for sure. It is loud, and if you mess with it, it just all falls apart, and it's just a bad experience. Yes. So. Oh. Okay. So, what would yours be? I um, hope it's not a sea lion. <laughs> it is not a sea lion. Um. I would actually say uh, I pick a vulture. It's like my favorite animal. Okay. Um, Why is that? Well, not only do I think they look cool, actually, um, I like that they kind of have that like pink red head against like the you know like black and brown feathers. Um, they kind of have that like white um, collar, kind of that <laughs> like puffy collar. I think it looks really cool. But um, I like that they. They're kind of they go unnoticed a lot of times where they're seen as like this symbol of death uh yeah and it's like i think you know it's like death doesn't have to be seen as like a negative thing all the time i think you know, they, they they play play this like important role in cleaning up um yeah leftover car uh, carcasses and um you know that those leftover bits of a dead animal that no one wants to touch and like making sure nothing goes to waste yeah um, and preventing like the spread of diseases by doing so actually and um, I like that they serve that kind of like almost thankless role um, and that they often go kind of unnoticed but I, I like that I don't know that aspect about them I think it's 
it's almost like honorable in a way um yeah the kind of like job that they serve in the animal kingdom and that, that's yeah. why like i appreciate them so much um yeah i would say i'd say a vulture for sure see when you said a vulture I was, that was a lot deeper than i first thought when you said vulture i was just like oh he's gonna go on the line that it's um they pick up they're scavengers so they pick up little pieces of everything and kind of mush them together and eat that's where oh, i thought well, you that, i mean yes that too i like that they're yeah the scavenger animals in general are just like really cool but yeah but I, I, I was it's distinctively comparing it to your writing and that was not the the, the train track you went down you went down the complete other direction and i'm really glad you did <laughs> well i pre i appreciate that you uh, still saw that, that i like that way of seeing it okay so um last question what okay if you could what would you tell your younger self if you could tell them anything oh i got an easy answer to this one um i would tell them uh do not be ashamed of writing just don't don't even overthink it don't be like oh this is like kind of cringy this is weird like i'm obviously ripping off a story like just write just write whatever comes into your head whatever little stories i mean I wish I written, had written more as a kid um, because I'd often start drafts and I would kind of stop them because I was like, I ran out of ideas or I was just like, I'm just ripping off Harry Potter. Like, I wish I, I wish I just wrote a whole novel ripping off Harry Potter. Potter. I don't care. Like, yeah. any sort, sort of writing, any sort of creative writing as a child, that is so important and so wonderful as like a hobby to get into early. And I wish I had just continued doing it because... I would have just grown it like naturally and I would have like started coming up with more original ideas and just being able to get the experience I wanted to I'd want to like have more of that you know more like first novel drafts more you know yeah. things I can look back on and look at how my progress has come along um and like the different ideas I've come up with I think I would choose I would tell my like younger self to just write and not worry mm -hmm. about how it looks or how it like feels um yeah like if like the outside world were to see it because they probably won't for the most part so yeah. yeah um i guess for me it would be uh don't listen to what other people think mm -hmm. even if you believe they are trying to make you better and i say that because my parents who say they will always support me um anytime i try to show them my writing or something i'm proud of they act as if they don't have time yeah and so and when they actually do read it it's just it's not good advice it's it's terrible advice they don't care and so basically i would want to tell my younger self don't listen to the opinions of people who don't care mm-hmm yeah. Even if, even if like it's people that should care, if they don't genuinely care, don't listen to them. Yeah, I think that's that's good advice. Like knowing where to um, where to actually like seek out valuable, genuine uh, criticism as opposed to people that just aren't the audience or just don't they're not interested in reading what you have to write. Because if they're not yeah. willing to spend the time on you, then like don't don't waste the time on them. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so that wraps up our uh, 10 questions. It was a Yay. pleasure having you for uh, this discussion. 
Um, it's a pleasure having you here as well. Yes. So just to recap, this has been our perspectives on the short story podcast from FSUPC. I have been Michael Getz. And I have been Tiffany Griffin. And it has been wonderful having you here to join us. We will see you later, and I hope you have a wonderful day.